Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. This episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hears from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Welcome to Brain Stuff from How Stuff Works. Hey, Brain Stuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. According to the Beverage Marketing Corporation, bottled water was an $18.5 billion industry in the United States in 2017. And by volume, the bottled water industry grew by 7% from 2016 to 2017, going from 12.8 billion gallons to 13.7 billion gallons, helping bottled water surpass soda as Americans' favorite drink. But just 100 years ago, bottled water was hardly even a business. Water was just something we got from our taps. So how did we get here? How in the world did something we used to get for seemingly free turn into a billion-dollar industry? Like so many modern-day product successes, marketing has played a huge role. But so have some other factors. Let's explore. Bottled water was a thriving industry early in United States history. There are records of it being sold in the U.S. as early as 1767. But business really started flowing at the beginning of the 19th century as dip-mold glass technology made bottles more affordable and easier to mass-produce. 
Back then, two types of customers drove bottled water sales, the rich and people who lived in cities. The wealthy took trips to spas and resorts built around natural springs, so mineral water bottled at the source was a way for them to continue enjoying those supposed therapeutic benefits. Just for perspective, by 1856, Saratoga Springs in New York was producing 7 million bottles of water a year. For the average city dweller in the 18th and 19th centuries, bottled water was the safest drinking option because municipal water was often sickening, literally. Drinking bottled water helped people avoid diseases like cholera, typhoid, and dysentery. By 1920, most U.S. cities offered free, filtered, chlorinated water, which dramatically improved public health. According to the National Bureau of Economic Research, half of the decreases in deaths in major cities was due to clean water. But what was a breakthrough for public health was also a blow to the bottled water industry. At the beginning of the 20th century, with free and safe public water, the bottled water industry had adapted to markets it could serve, primarily selling five-gallon, that's about 19-liter bottles, to large operations that needed water for employees. Even with mass-produced glass, the bottles were heavy to ship, and that cost weighed down the bottled water business. The 1970s and 80s were the real turning point for the new bottled water industry, thanks to three major influences— First, that's when PET plastic bottles were patented. Unlike heavy glass, PET bottles could stand the pressure of carbonated drinks. Because they were lighter than glass, PET bottles helped propel the bottled water industry forward. Second, these two decades are also when French sparkling water company Perrier launched its aggressive marketing campaign to get Americans to spend money on water. In the 70s, Perrier hired Orson Welles to do voiceover for its TV ads touting Perrier as more quenching, more refreshing, and naturally sparkling from the center of the earth. Perrier also began sponsoring athletic events, like the New York City Marathon, to associate its water with fitness and health. By 1978, Perrier was predicting sales of 75 million bottles that year alone. By the 80s, Perrier's ads used the tagline, Earth's first soft drink. But the final push to bottled water came in 1986, when the Environmental Protection Agency released a report showing tap water used by 36 million Americans contained high levels of lead. Even though cities rushed to fix these problems after congressional investigations, the distrust of municipal water lingered, making the switch from public water to bottled water a permanent one for many families. So the health halo that has graced bottled water since ancient times largely explains our spending habits, even when what we're buying is simply filtered tap water, such as PepsiCo's Aquafina and Coca-Cola's Dasani. These ad campaigns around health, purity, and youth work so well because they appeal to our desire for immortality. Researchers at the University of Waterloo conducted a study in 2018 that tested this terror management theory, the idea that much of our thinking and behavior is driven by our fear of death even in things like buying bottled water. Their results found that a fear of dying does play a role in why people buy bottled water, even though they know it may not be better for them or good for the planet. Stephanie Cote, one of the researchers on the study, said in a statement, bottled water advertisements play on our greatest fears in two important ways. Our mortality fears make us want to avoid risks, and for many people, bottled water seems safer somehow, purer or controlled. The other psychological but real aspect that drives people to spend money on bottled water is the continued lack of trust in the government to provide clean, safe drinking water and maintain water systems. 
Consider the people of Flint, Michigan, who have relied on bottled water through the contamination crisis that's lasted years there, as have the First Nations people in Canada, where Water to Reserves has been under drinking advisories since January of 2016. Attempts by the Trump administration to repeal the federal clean water rule have deepened public distrust. We spoke via email with Dr. Peter H. Gleek, President Emeritus and Chief Scientist at the Pacific Institute for Studies in Development, Environment, and Security. He said, The use of bottled water in emergency situations is a perfectly good idea, but the challenge is rebuilding public trust after such emergencies so that private bottled water use can then be eliminated. Bottled water should never be a permanent solution to providing safe, affordable, reliable drinking water for people. Also, considering the environmental costs of bottled water, a mass switch would help the planet. There is promise in campaigns that give people reusable bottles, laws that ban single-use bottles, and the new incarnation of drinking fountains as bottle refilling stations. But the messages to change our habits need to match the power of those that drive sales of bottled water. Gleek explained, The other challenge, of course, is that private bottled water companies have large budgets for advertising their product, while municipal water agencies do not. This imbalance has produced a situation where it is easy to lose trust in a municipal water system and hard to regain it, even when the vast majority of our water systems are safe and far, far cheaper than bottled water. And in places around the world where safe tap water isn't available, the answer is to make it available, not to give up and rely on costly private bottled water. Today's episode was written by Sean Chavis and produced by Tyler Klang. If you enjoy our show and want to support us directly, check out our online store at tpublic.com slash brainstuff. And, of course, for more on this and other environmental topics, visit our home planet, howstuffworks.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. Uh, Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, Plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work.